Thank you, Lord, for this word. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Hallelujah. We talked about the four great exchanges. Well, I'm just basically going to hit those things because, you know, I know the Lord was, I was sitting there, and he said there's some here that's uh, saved, but they haven't experienced the full exchange. And in the resurrection is where we get the full exchange, spirit, soul, and body. First Thessalonians 4, 23 and 24, the God of all peace sanctify you wholly, completely, and your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at his presence. Okay? So your soul is your mind, will, and emotion. A lot of people here has a new spirit. You're born again. You're going to heaven. But you still live with old things haunt you from the past, your old mind, will, and emotion. Jesus made a way for you to have a new mind, new will, new emotion. And the first great exchange is when Jesus was as God, sitting with God, and created everything. And he chose to come down here and go through a hell for you and me. To suffer what he suffered on the cross. To die for us so we could have an exchange life. Amen? But you can't have the resurrection until you're dead. There can't be a resurrection until you're what? Until you're dead. So, we're going to die a little bit here. And I want you to show you Isaiah 53. He said he was wounded for our transgression. When he died on the cross, he died for your spirit so you could be born again. And it also says, by his stripes you were healed. Amen? Were what? Healed. Okay. In in Matthew, what, 8, 16, he says, At evening has brought to him multitudes that was possessed. He cast out the devil with his word and healed all that was sick. That it might be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah the prophets. What? By his stripes you say were. Were healed. First Peter 2.24. By his stripes you were healed. Past tense. He paid for that for you. Amen. Amen. You getting it? What? The part that's been left out in most places is the garden. When he was in the garden. He said what? Now is my soul exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Isaiah 53, once again, verse 10, it says, It pleased God to crush him when he shall make his soul an offering for sin. God will see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. When did God see the travail of Jesus' soul? In the garden. And verse 12 says, Because he poured out his soul unto death. So there you got the other frame of exchange. He died for your spirit. He died for your soul. And he died for your body. So by his stripes you're healed. So we could be 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a what? Old things are passed away and all things have become new. Right? So you got to have all three of those places covered. So when you're resurrected, he told me healing is good. He said, I paid for all your healing. But he says, in the resurrection, as he is, so are we in this present world, First uh, John four seventeen. So in the resurrection, we're living in his health. Galatians 2, 20, we're living by the life of another, by the strength of another, by the faith of another, everything by another, because your life is in Christ. Amen? But we've got to get that base covered. So I know there's some people here this morning that know you died if you go to, you're going to go to heaven when you die, but you're not having much fun getting there. So we need to make the exchange. Ready? We're going to give all of that up. You know what exchange means? I exchange one thing for another. He didn't come to change your old mind, will, and emotion. He came to give you a new one. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I'm going to give you a new heart, a new spirit. 
new heart. He's not going to fix the old one. He's going to give you a new one. So I want to lead you all in a prayer so we can all die. Dying's good. Because if there be no death, there can be no resurrection. You say, well, that's okay. No, you don't understand. It's when he went to the cross, you went to the cross. He didn't die for himself. He died for you. When he was buried, you were buried. When he went to hell, you went to hell. When he ascended, you ascended. But we can't ascend until we get those other bases covered. So let me lead you in a little prayer. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm saved. I know Jesus died for my sins. But Lord, I want to exchange this old soul. This old mind, will, and emotion that you paid for in the garden. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you took that for me. And I give up that old thing. I'm not going to remember it anymore. Not going to consider it anymore. Because you're doing a new thing. Lord Jesus, I exchange this old heart for a new heart. Oh, thank you, Lord. And Lord, by your stripes, I was healed. Now I reckon myself to be dead, indeed to sin, and to myself. And Lord, now I reckon myself to be alive because of what you did. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's see what he did. Woo! I just had to cover that because I know there's some people here that are partially saved. Watchman Nee says, why the church is in such a mess, it's only a third saved. Spirit, not soul, not body. He covered all three places to make you a new creation. Say, I'm a new creation. Woo, I'm brand new. Old things are passed away. I've been born again. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? Some of you are not old enough to remember that song. John chapter 20, verse 1. The first day of the week, Mary come, cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runs in, comes in to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away my Lord, or the Lord, out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they've laid him. Peter therefore went forth and the other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together and the other disciple did outrun Peter and first came into the sepulcher. And he stooping down and looking in saw the linen clothes lying yet went he not in. Then comes Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen clothes lie and the napkin that was about his head not lying with the linen clothes but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went also the other disciple which came first to the sepulcher and saw and believed. Why did he see and believe? Because it says that he, Jesus had been wrapped with over 130 pounds of wrapping and, and, and uh, there was a cocoon there. It was hard as a rock. It wasn't just clothes laying there. There was a cocoon there and there was no one in it. If you saw that, you would believe too. You with me? Woo! I got goosebumps. 
For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. How many times did he tell them he was going to die and rise? They still didn't hear it. Then the disciples went away into their own house. But Mary stood without the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and saw two angels in white sitting, the one at the head, the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said that, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Woo, knew not. Knew body. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seek thou? She, supposed him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if you have borne him thence, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not. He didn't, really, that's not what it means. He said, Cling to me not. Don't cling to me. She grabbed him. I'm not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my father and your father, to my God and your God. A while ago, I was sitting on that stool, and it hit me. Jesus has risen. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, it's not my father. It's my father and your father. At that moment, not only was he his father, he was our father. Go to tell him that I'm sending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. See, the resurrection made it all possible for us all to be part of the family. Wow. I don't know if you got that. Lord, help them get that. <coughs> Mary Magdalene came and told the, Lord, the disciples that she had seen the Lord and had spoken these things unto her. Then the same evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut behind, the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Jesus came in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had said so, he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, said, Receive you the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins, you remit, they're remitted. And whosoever sins, you retain, they're retained. Hallelujah. Do you get it? My God and your God. My Father. Thank you. God for what he's done for us. He paid the price so we could have it all. But when he was raised, who was raised? We were raised. Buried with him in baptism, raised to walk with him in the what? The newness of life. We were raised with him. And not only that, Ephesians 2 says we are seated with him right now in heavenly places. We've been made to seat, seated with him. Colossians 3 1 says, if you've been risen with Christ. Some people say the other versions say since. But my Greek says if. You have a choice. See, you've got to reckon yourself to be dead, but today you've got to reckon yourself to be alive. There has to be an end so there can be a beginning. You with me? Well, we just will hit it right now. I guess so. It really wasn't in my notes, John. 1 Corinthians 15. You know, at this time, there was some of, the, some of them didn't believe in the resurrection. <clears throat> all right, I'm not going to read it off. Because we don't have time. Okay. 
Verse 11, 1 Corinthians 15. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believe. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some of you there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching in vain, and your faith is also in vain. Yea, and we are found false witness of God, because we have testified to God, raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if that the dead rise not. And if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and you're still in your sins. You're still in your sins. Then they which are, now listen, Romans 5, 25, I think it's 5, 24, says that Jesus was lifted up for our transgressions, but he was raised for our justification. Too many people are just looking at the cross for what he's done for you. But if you stop there, all you've done is, is having all your sins forgiven, but you're not raised with him. Everything he did for you doesn't become yours until you're raised with him and united with him. He was raised for your justification. That means what? Just as if I'd never sinned. When he was raised, you were raised with him. And he says, And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and you're yet in your sins, then they also which are fallen asleep are in Christ are perished. See, isn't it amazing? Jesus or Paul didn't use the word, you're dead. After you get saved, you're just falling asleep. You with me? You remember when Jesus went to Martha and Martha said, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died, Lazarus. But I know even now, whatsoever you ask God, he's going to give it to you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will live again. I know, she said, he will live again in the resurrection. And Jesus said, Martha, you don't understand. Resurrection's not an event, it's a person. He said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. It's not just an event, it's a person. Jesus is everything. He's your life, he's your source, he's everything. He's your faith, there's nothing he's not. And that's why Colossians 3, 1 says, If you've been risen with Christ, set your mind on things above. For you are dead, and your life is hid in Christ. And when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. So reckon that old thing to be dead, and reckon yourself to be alive. Put off the old, put on the new. Because we've got a whole new thing going here. Woo, whole new thing. Now, <clears throat> Okay, if, verse 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we have all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. If there's a first fruit, what does that mean? There's going to be more. It says, for since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. You see that? Shall be made alive. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the very righteousness of God in him. That's an exchange. He took our sins so we could have his righteousness, the very righteousness of God. You can't get any more righteous than the very righteousness of God. That's what he did. He made him alive. 
But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after they that are Christ at his coming. That word of coming means presence. Then the end. When he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule, authority, and power. Now, I, want, I, I, I sounded this off the coffee shop, guys. You know, most of the time when we see the end, well, that's the rapture and that's all of this. But I'm telling you what. When Jesus said it's finished, for you and me, it's finished. Now, when he shall have put down all power authority, what did Jesus say? All authority and power has been given to me in heaven and earth. You go, therefore, and I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Okay. For you, it's now, but it's later. Can you catch that? It's now, but it's later. For we must reign, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his foot. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Well, it hit me a couple of years ago. What did Jesus say? Hebrews chapter 2, For as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same, that through his death he might destroy him that hath the power of death, that is the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all those lifetimes subject to bondage. What did he say? Him that hath the power of death, he destroyed. That means what it really means. I wish it did mean destroy. But it means he rendered him inoperable in your life. He has no dominion over you anymore. Death has no more dominion over him, Paul said. Because you're not under the law, you're under grace. Did you catch that? As he is what? How is he now? Jesus said in Revelation 1.18, he says, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Say, I'm alive with him. And I have the keys of death and hell. Who has the keys? Jesus has the keys. Satan has not those keys. That last enemy has been destroyed, which is death. To the Christian, when you pass away, you just pass away. You just go on. Because you will never die. What did Jesus say? If you believe in me, you will what? Never die. Is that a deal? That's the deal. Death has no more. So you see, it's all past for you. And he says in verse 27, and he hath, say hath, put all things under his feet. So what's left that's not under his feet? Nothing. I know there's a lot of chaos, and I know there's a lot of stuff going on around in this world. And I know one of these days the trumpet's going to blow, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air, and we shall see the Lord. And he's going to wipe away all this stuff and, and clean house. But for us, it's already taken care of. First Peter says, the elements are going to melt with fervent heat. You're going to see all this stuff going on. It sure sounds like nukes to me. But he says, be sure that you're found of him when that happens in peace, without spot or blemish. Why? Because he has made you without spot or blemish. And you can be in peace when all that happens because you know what? It's all fixing to exchange. It's all over. So shout. You don't need to worry about all that mess. Be found of him in peace when all that happens because you're going to see him face to face. 
So anyhow, <clears throat> I want you to see we have been raised to walk in the newness of life. It is what? What does this mean? Identifications, Romans 6, we've been raised to walk with him. It means that we are in complete union with him. Last Adam, the second man. That's why Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ is living in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We are in union with the Son of God right now. Not going to be. We already are. Say amen. amen. When the Bible says that Christ in you, every verse that says that, it says ten verses that we are in Christ. We are in you and he is in us. The, her, the word with, we've been raised with him. Thank God for all Jesus paid for. But if you don't reckon yourself to be alive, you're still waiting till someday to get what he's already paid for. Bible says we have been made complete in him and we have all the fullness of the Godhead in Christ Jesus. Well, is Christ going to do anything else or did he say it's finished? It's finished. So he wants us to have it all, but we got to have his benefits. With the new creation, you got to understand what he paid for, what is yours, and then you reckon it to be so, that it's yours. That's faith. First, Second Peter chapter 1 says, we add all these things to us by the promises that he's given us. We are made partakers of his divine nature when? Now. Right? Already. Thank God for what Jesus paid for. Psalms 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who daily loadeth us with his benefits. Who forgives all your diseases. Now, you know what? One day it hit me. Bless the Lord, O my soul who heals all the diseases of your soul. Do you know where 99% of all problems you got is in your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. See, you're allowed that old soul to direct your life. I said old soul. You need it. We exchange that old thing. See, that's why it's so important for you not just to be a third saved. Allow that old thing to be passed away and that old thing to become new. In Isaiah 43, he says, Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. If you've been risen with Christ, you have no business going back to old thinking. Old hurts, old rejections, old unforgiveness, all that junk, you've got to let it go and not remember it anymore. Because the footnote there in your Bible will say 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if you're in Christ, you're a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. You have no right going back and visiting that old thing. Because why? Bible says the natural mind is not subject to God and never will be. But we have the mind of Christ. Why? Exchange. If I have the mind of Christ, why would I want to go back to old thinking? Huh? All it does is pull you back into old feelings. And old feelings pulls you back into old actions. James says, Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed, and when sin hath conceived, it brings forth death. Lust, in the Greek, is the disease condition of the old soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotion. Oh, it wouldn't hurt for me just to go back there and reminisce just a little bit. How many of you know you start thinking about things you shouldn't be thinking about? 
And the first thing you know you're having feelings you shouldn't be having. And then if you're not careful, you may have actions to go along with those feelings. That's what he's talking about. Reckon that thing to be dead indeed to God, but alive to a new mind, new will, new emotions. Because we are a brand new creation as he is, so are we now in this present world. It all comes to reality in the resurrection of Jesus. Romans 8, 11 says, But the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead, but if the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall quicken, make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells within you. He's going to quicken these mortal bodies. See, this body is corruptible. But Romans 6 says this body is the temple of God. God, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. This body is his. And his spirit has quickened and made this body alive, and it's his. But one of these days, what does it say? I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. That word changed, if you'll look it up, is the word exchanged. The corruptible will be immediately exchanged for incorruptible. We'll have a new body. You say, well, I don't get it. Well, when Jesus was standing at the tomb, did Mary recognize him? No. Did the disciples recognize him? No. Why? He was in his glorified body. He had to show him his hands and his side. One of these days, you're going to have a new body. Some of us are going to have hair, too. Give me an amen back there. Some of you, the rest of you may be bald, but the rest of us are going to have some hair. In this world, you had hair. We're going to have it for eternity. I'm just kidding. It's okay. You get it? We're going to have a new body to go with everything else that's new. Amen. But in the meantime, this Holy Spirit can make alive this body. And I'm telling you something. The resurrection life is even better than the cross life. Because the resurrection life is health. It's everything he is, we are. Because as he is, what? So are we now in this present world. Jesus said, when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he is going to lead and guide you into all truth. He's not going to speak of himself, but he's going to take the things that the Father's given me and I'm giving you, and he's going to show you all these things to come. And he says he'll reprove the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Of sin, because they believe not. See, when we don't believe all this stuff, we're getting robbed of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. So he's going to convince you that you are already the very righteousness of God in Christ. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And of judgment because what? The prince of this world has already been judged. Already been judged as far as you're concerned. Amen? That's outstanding. That's what the Holy Spirit's here for, to help us grow up. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we all beholding as in a mirror, the word of God, are being exchanged into the very image of Christ, even as by the what? The Holy Spirit. It's his job to conform us into the very image of Christ as his body because we are the body of Christ and members one of another. That's union. That's who we are. Sound like a song, doesn't it? That's who we are. That's who he is. 1 John 4, 17, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is now, so are we in this present world. That's not a mistake. That's who we are. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 14, 
the love of Christ constrains me and keeps me from flying apart because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all died. Did you get it? How many died? You're already dead, and your life is hid in Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, you'll also appear with him. When he was crucified, you were crucified. That's why Paul says, what? From henceforth know we no man after the flesh. We don't know each other after the flesh anymore because you're a new creature. And he said, though we've known Christ after the flesh, we don't know him that way anymore. Because therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation, the same as Jesus is a new, new creation of a whole new order. That's who we are. Sounds too good to be true. Sorry. It's the truth. You know, this Bible's more real than everything going on around you. If he said it, it's the truth. He became one with us in death <clears throat> that we might become one with him in life. Twofold oneness. oneness in our, he came oneness in our sin on the cross so we could be one with him in his glory. And he raised us up at Ephesians 2, 6 with him and made us to sit with him in heavenly places. He died to make us alive. He was made sin to make us righteous. He became weak to make us strong. He suffered shame to give us his glory. He went to hell to take us to heaven. He suffered condemnation so we could be justified and not condemned. He was made sick that we might be made well. He became poor to make us rich. He was cast out from the presence of God in order to make us accepted in the very presence of God. Ephesians 1.6 We have been made accepted in the Beloved. What does that mean? That means nobody can reject you. If you're having problems with rejection and feeling sorry for yourself, it's because you hadn't exchanged your own soul. That's just the truth. Jesus died for your rejections so you could be made accepted. I remember in 1975 when he touched me in that area. and He said, if I've accepted you, who can reject you? I'm telling you, when you're made accepted in the beloved, you don't have to worry about anybody. It's what they think or what they think about you. That's your identity. That's who you are. You don't have to live with that mess anymore. And you don't have to go back and remember that thing anymore. Forgetting those things that were behind, we're reaching forward to those things. We press what? Towards the mark of the prize, the high calling in Christ Jesus. Wow. Colossians 2.13. And you, being dead in your sin and the uncircumcision of your flesh, Hath God quickened together with him, having forgiven you some of your trespasses? All. How many is all? All. And blotting out the handwriting of ordinance against us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And you were nailed there with him. Do you get the identity? If you've been... Listen, he said if we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. He didn't suffer just for himself. He suffered for us. He took us so he could take us. Oh, man. He delivered us from himself and to himself. He delivered us from ourselves and he delivered us to himself.
Do you get that? For if we become, Romans 6, 5, for if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. I'm telling you, you got to have resurrection thinking. Resurrection is not just one Sunday a, a year. It's every day. It's every day. We've been raised to walk with him in that resurrection. <clears throat> we are raised with him. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus is proof of Satan's defeat and our redemption and God's legal right to make us new creations. The other day I was reading, and in, that's in, not in my notes, in Luke chapter 15. We've all read that hundreds of times. heard messages preached hundreds of times. But Jesus was sitting with the scribes and Pharisees, and, he, and they said, this man eats with sinners and with publicans. And Jesus said, told him a parable. You know, one thing I want you to catch right quick. Why did Jesus come? He said he's come to seek and to save that which is lost. And that was in his heart. And here these guys were saying, why is he sitting with these sinners and these publicans? And Jesus told a story about the lost sheep. Had 99, and he lost one. And the, they went out and found the one and brought it back home and invited his friends and said, this is my sheep that's lost, is found. And they rejoiced and had a party. And then the lady lost her coin. <clears throat> And she went out and found the coin and brought it back and said, Rejoice me, I found the coin. The sheep had no way to get back. He didn't even know he was lost. The coin didn't know it was lost. But then the father, the son, went away, didn't he? He took his and went to a far country, and he came to himself. The shepherd looked for the sheep. The woman looked for the coin. Who looked for the son? Jesus did. That's why Jesus came. He was trying to explain to them why he came to seek and to save those that were poor and those that was around him. He came to seek them out. See, under the law, whenever one of the family members lost everything and was going broke, they could go to other, one of the other family members, the elder, elder brother or something, would go and redeem him. Redeemer, that's where that comes from. And pay off all his debts. And to set him back and get his inheritance back, he was called the Redeemer. Christ came to the Son, and he said, I remember my Father's house. See, Jesus said this, no one can know the Father except the Son reveal it to you. And no one can come to the Father except the Father what? Draws him. The Son didn't choose on his own to go back to the Father. Jesus found him and put in his heart to go back home to the Father. That's why Jesus comes to us. He said, I'm found of them that sought me not. He's the one that drew you. He's the one that drew us in. We didn't decide we're going to do that. Like Bob Mumford said one day, God chases you down, puts his foot on your neck, said, do you give up? And you say, yeah, I got saved. And the next day you say, last night I found the Lord. We didn't find nothing. If you're here today, you're here because he drew you to be to be here. I need a drink. So we all have a drink. Alright. Is this good news? I tell you what, just to believe the love that and you know the what about the older brother? He was hoping his brother would die. 
That was the scribes and the Pharisees. He was making a point right there, showing them they didn't care about anyone else. But I'm telling you, we got a loving Father that loves us and gave himself for us. Our victory is his victory. God. Ephesians 1.19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his ability to, toward us who believe according to the working of his strength of his might that's probably amplified, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and made him to sit at his right hand in the heavens far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion. All rule, all authority, all power, is that already done? It's already done. Whew. For we are today more than conquerors because of the life of Christ that he imparted to us as new creatures. God. Jesus died as a lamb, but he rose as a lion of the high priest of a whole new generation. And he made you kings and priests. Revelation chapter 1. Yes. We're kings and priests already. We're not going to be. We are. I'm trying to make a point. We've allowed Satan and unbelief to put everything he's done for us off till someday. Someday, he's going to do all these things, and, and we'll have all this. All creation is groaning and travailing right now in pain, Romans 8, waiting for a manifestation of the sons and daughters of God who will see who they really are and will take authority over what's going on around them so all creation will be de delivered from the bondage that man has put on creation. What's it waiting for? Jesus sat down expecting his enemies to be made his footstool. Who's he looking at to do that? <coughs> enough is enough. Okay. Glory to God. Well, say I'm taking mine. I'm taking mine. Let's stand. I'm going to bless you. Y'all got family? Y'all got food? We do too. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and has been gracious to you. And the Lord has lifted up his countenance on you and given you peace in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And I say, receive your identity. Say, I've been raised with Christ. I'm seated with Christ. I'm more than a conqueror through him. No more old, na old men. No more old stuff. All new thinking. In Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed.